0: Steelers owner and president Art Rooney II spoke to media about the Steelers, where they stand, and specifically addressed Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada, and where he sees the team going. We'll talk about what he said, how it relates to Kenny Pickett. How far can can, can, can Kenny Pickett go? Can he rival quarterbacks that are now playing in the playoffs? And we'll go over his grades for the season and our picks for the conference championship weekend. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined today by Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WXI. Let's get into it.
1: You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on anywhere podcasts are hosted, and especially on YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on the video. If you see it, hit the subscribe button to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus bonus content. But thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl we'll talk more about that later we're rejoined by jenna harner who's fresh off vacation we didn't get to talk to her last week we hope that you had some good times good times off though uh how you doing jenna
1: i am wonderful chris i'm refreshed it was really nice to kind of take some time off i uh missed all of our listeners and viewers last week but hey we're back we're talking uh Whole lot of things, conference championships too. My goodness, what a we've been treated to some really good playoff football. I will say it's been phenomenal.
0: It has been. There's been some ridiculous games already when we look at how the, these these playoffs have played out, and now we're getting some crazy some crazy matchups. Patrick Mahomes, you know, being dedicated. We'll t- we'll talk about that in a minute. But ahead of that, Arvini II second came out. And, you know, met with Pittsburgh media, sat down and had an honest conversation about his assessment, the state of the Steelers type of talk. Um, and for the most part, he had positive things to say. He said he doesn't dismiss the first half of the season and you can't ignore the start to the year. But he said the key that he saw all year long was that the team improved and that the team made progress down the stretch. He talked about their running efficiency, their third down efficiency. Kenny Pickett growing winning with a rookie quarterback and he talked about how even with the decision to keep Matt Canada that he was you know he's definitely on board with it because he said the team improved in the second half of the of the year he didn't want to start all over again with the offense next year with a brand new offensive coordinator saying that both Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada seemed like they worked well together and building a good working relationship and he said there was enough to build on there and he wants that group to keep working together. All things said about that, Jenna, I know there's a lot of Steelers fans that are like, ah, oh, does that, but it wasn't good enough. I, I think it's interesting, though, people are going to talk about Art Rooney here and say and there's some people out there that have the narrative that, oh, he's not the same as as, you know, the other Rooney's that have been in the family. But I, I want to re- recall, you know, recall people back to a decision that Dan Rooney made Back in the uh, after the I think it was the ninety or the two thousand season when Bill Cowher's contract was up, the Steelers had missed three straight playoffs, and they finished that season nine and seven. But it was how they finished that season? They had one of the best defenses in the NFL for a stretch, and they were building something forward. And that was the start of building the core that eventually became. The 2005 Super Bowl 40 championship team, and he said, and a lot of people questioned, you know, why are you keeping coward? He, they haven't done anything, they haven't won anything in a long time. They, you know, what, what, what are you doing here? And he stuck to. He said, hey, he saw progress, and I think that what you're seeing from Art Rooney II is a similar read on even not even just Tomlin, but just the p- the path that the offense went on at the at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you've kind of definitely talked about this as everyone in Pittsburgh Sports Media has ad nauseam the last week with, you know, finding out the decision to keep Matt Canada was becoming an official thing. But in reality... This is going to be something that you go into next season and you say, "Okay, we have this base here. We have this foundation of what this offense can do, of what this offense can look like, because you go back to the beginning and even the middle of the season, basically up until the bye week. This offense didn't know what their identity was. And they told us time in and time out. I mean, how many times did we hear Najee Harris say? We're still working on it. We're still finding it. We're still frustrated. And now this offense has an identity. So, this is something you can build on heading into year two of Kenny Pickett, year two of whatever this offense is going to look like in terms of him being the quarterback, the guy to lead this team next season. And you don't really want to disrupt that. I know so many people automatically are saying, you know, hey, the Steelers need some, you know, a proven NFL offensive coordinator who's worked with rookies before, who has that experience. Look, Matt Canada, as well as pretty much everybody knows that next year is going to be the make or break year for his job security with this team. What can he do? What can this offense do? Having a full off season together, obviously, there's going to be some moving parts. You can presume with the offensive line with, you know, maybe a couple other positions, but largely the skill positions on this offense right now are entirely set up to be Mm -hmm. what they are. So, of course. They have confidence in their offensive coordinator Matt Canada just strictly, again, because what this offense did at the end of the season, if they can start the season off like that next year and they're, you know, running the ball the way that we saw them run the ball. If Kenny Pickett continues to get comfortable the way that he did, I think people keep forgetting, too, there is going to be an entire offseason and training camp for all these guys to work together to come together and say, hey, we know where we can build on. Let's keep it going there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm and and like you mentioned Kenny Pickett did not run with the first team throughout mini camp, rookie camp, training camp, none of that. And it wasn't until week 4 when he took over that he started getting real reps with the team. And so it took time to even get chemistry not just with his receivers but with his offensive line, with the pace of the game and how things worked out. So I'm I'm right with you. I, I think that a big part of this is acknowledging, and he and Bruni even said it himself. Already said we, we talked about how like you know acknowledging part of the start is they were working in two new quarterbacks. Even Mitch Trubisky is was new to the team, and that takes time to yeah. adapt. And uh, you know, and and once they kind of settled that in, you saw progress with the offense. And I think it it's not as doom and gloom as people say. Uh, you know, that that they want to just try to see what's building there. But that being said, from what we've seen right now, we've seen quarterbacks, not just the quarterbacks who are in right now, but the quarterbacks who were in the divisional round, Dak Prescott, you got Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, of course, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen was in, you know, was just eliminated. Jenna, do you see Kenny Pickett being up on the, the stages with those guys as far as quarterbacks that are making big plays in big games? In late in the playoffs, not just in the regular season, trying to fight to stay alive, but being able to beat those type of teams sooner rather than later.
1: Well, that is the million dollar question, isn't it? But I, I think that there can be some sort of excitement around this team, because and the reality is they're going to have to compete in order to win the division. You're going to have to beat Joe Burrow as a quarterback in order to get out of the AFC. You're going to have to beat the likes of Burrow of Mahomes, of Josh Allen. And so of course you're going to have to be able to compete, but you need offensive consistency. And I think I, I look at what the Bengals have done because they've been so intriguing to me. And I know Steelers fans, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say that in that way. Don't don't come for me. Don't No, but
0: they're, but they're playing great. They haven't lost since Halloween.
1: They haven't lost since Halloween. And you look at what that team did surrounding Joe Burrow, because obviously his rookie season, we remember the gruesome leg injury he's done for the year. So what did they do? They went out and invested money in the offensive line. And I know that this year it was kind of a weird, they reworked it a bunch. They had different guys in different positions. He was getting really beat up early on. We saw it from the Steelers week one, but even the fact that last week, and I know there's so many different you know things that go into it, but you had three backups on your offensive line and they were still able to move the ball that they, the way that they were. And yes, you know, it helps when you have a guy like Jamar Chase, but the Steelers also, you'll look at their offense. You'll look at George Pickens. You'll look at, you know, guys, they get excited about Pat Fryermuth, these young guys, you can build around that. So they know the pieces that they need. I realistically think there are certain areas of this team when we can, obviously, again, we're going to talk all offseason about it. Where can the Steelers add and bolster their team in order to compete with the likes of those teams? But You see the leadership from Kenny Pickett, and I'm not saying by any means next year, the year after even, he's going to be on the same level that I honestly, in my opinion, I have, you know, Mahomes and Burrow right there, and I think Josh Allen's right under there, but also, again, it was tough because, you know, the Bills had a lot more problems, problem areas than just Josh Allen, but... You look at those guys and you look at what the Steeler, the leadership and the type of competitor, Kenny Pickett is, you have the pieces. I'm not saying, again, he's going to beat these guys, but there's a lot that we saw from him and we saw the team too. Again, it's really hard as a rookie to be a leader Of guys, especially that are older than you, that have more experience than you. But we saw him take the grasp of that room, especially towards the end of the season that we saw. And these guys are saying, Yo, hey, that's my quarterback. That's my guy. And I think you can start to see the potential for it. And just with what we saw. You know, winning four quarter or, you know, leading game winning fourth quarter drives is a huge crucial trait. And we saw Kenny Pickett do that a lot last season. The Steelers obviously hope that he doesn't have to do that consistently and that they can be ahead of things. But. The way that we saw the season end, if that can be a starting point for this team next season, I think there could be that promise that in a couple of years, when the Steelers fully can build around Kenny Pickett and can have all the pieces in place and can spend the money they want to spend in certain areas, you will see the competition have to rise because again, to get out of your own conference, you got to beat three of arguably the best quarterbacks in the league right now.
0: Right. I mean, Lamar Jackson, we'll see if Lamar Jackson stays there, but yeah. still, uh, yeah, like I, I think they franchise tag when he does stay, but, uh, but still Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, I those mean, are three, uh, th- three teams. I mean, a lot of people were talking about the, you know, the AFC North, if this, if the Steelers and Browns could have done the thing they could have, you know they could have, could they have all made the playoffs? Like, you know, that kind of, a, that kind of deal that people talked about. Um, you know, I think it could be very interesting to see there, but one thing I, you know, I, I agree with you on this point and we'll, we're going to, take a break and, and do our grades and on the quarterbacks in the second year. But one thing that you brought up, you know, winning games, coming up big in the end, Kenny Pickett was was had officially four game-winning drives on, on the season. Ben Roethlisberger in his career only did that about five times. And, and you think about all the times that he did it, but like spread throughout the year, he did it his rookie season. He did it 2008 when they won the Super Bowl. He did it the next time he did it after that. Wasn't until 2017, then he did it in 2020, and then he did it again in 2021. But it wasn't every year that Ben Roethlisberger was having game winning drives you know, consistently. So for Kenny Pickett to do that in his rookie season, I think it's a very good sign about the leadership qualities that you mentioned there. We're going to get to more on Kenny Pickett in a bit, uh, because if we do we, we do got to talk about that, and we're going to do our stars and skulls final grades on the quarterback room. We'll do that in just a minute here, but first we're going to talk to you guys about LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course, is the number one place that people go to look for jobs, so why not make it the number one place that you go look for job applicants? These days with the new potential hires can feel like high stake wagers for your small business and you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire in all cylinders. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in because they make it easier to find the people that you wanna talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post and minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job at purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to comp- to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. You know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin dot com slash locked on nfl to post your job free terms and conditions apply back here on the locked on steelers podcast chris carter jenna harner breaking it down jenna We've been doing our grades all season long. Now, you didn't get to be on any of our grade show because you're on our Fridays. But as uh, as as we've seen, if you followed this show, our grades, every game, we gave a player a grade if they were good or bad. If they were neutral, if they didn't really contribute. They were kind of like, you know, good and bad and just kind of evened out. They received a neutral grade. It didn't get a mark. But if you received a grade, it was either stars for good, skulls for bad. One star is basically like you had a good play and kind of a decent day. Two stars means you had a great play with like a good game. And then three stars means elite performance, all pro type of resume building type of game. In reverse, Skulls, one skull means you kind of had a bad play, never redeemed yourself in a game, but not totally a terrible day. Two skulls means you did have a bad day. You had a, more, than a, more than a couple plays. All-time terrible means you were te- – three skulls is all-time terrible. That means you were just absolutely terrible and you need to be benched and like that like that's they start it builds those conversations so um let's get into the grades that we have this year and I'm going to start with a person that Art Rooney referenced in his point about starting there with two quarterbacks and that's Mitch Trubisky and on the year I gave Mitch Trubisky five stars and six skulls so one only one skull more than stars in my grading rubric that I have that gives him a c minus on the year I felt like that's where you could put Mr. Bisky because yes, he wasn't phenomenal. He really he w- he didn't come in and light any game up, but he came in and he was a manager. He tried He tried his best to keep things in front of him. And there were games that he was bad. Like, there's no doubt about it. You go back and you look at his performance against the Patriots in week two, the Browns in week three, the three interceptions he threw against the Ravens. There were some really rough weeks. But if you look at how he managed to help get them the first win against the Bengals, the drive that he gets the ball to Deontay Johnson down the sideline to get them in field goal range to win that game, uh, The the him stepping in against Tampa Bay to come in and save the day, when Kenny Pickett got hurt in that game him stepping you know stepping in the 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 week after he struggled against the Ravens had a really strong game against the Panthers he gave solid decent time there and that's why I have him at a C minus it's nothing it's nothing great and special but he kind of met the bar there and I think made it so that he wasn't always the biggest factor that was holding the Steelers back at times
1: Yeah, you kind of put that perfectly. I mean, just that's what kind of we expected Mitch Trubisky to be coming into the season. You know, it was going to be one of those situations where it was, I feel like we talked a ton, but it was, you know, hey, the defense is going to be the what this team has to rely on this season. And Mitch Trubisky just has to come in there and manage things. And there were going to be times where we probably expected to see good things. And we also knew because of some of his history, there were probably going to be times where there were some bad things. And obviously in the first, you know, four games of the season up until the halftime against the Jets when they switched in with Kenny Pickett, you saw a little bit of just like cautiousness. And I think that was the entirety of the plan going in with Trubisky. But then, you know, it felt different. We talked about this too when we saw him against the Ravens and there's three interceptions because he was taking more chances and there were things that you saw that you were just like, what are you doing? But you kind of knew coming into this year it was going to be, okay, he's probably going to give you that mid-range of stuff and there's going to be some stuff that totally surprises you that you say, hey, holy smokes, what a great job. You know, what a fantastic performance, what great plays. And there's going to be some others where it was going to be like, Yikes, what a couple of brutal interceptions. And again, I feel like that was the Ravens game. But then, like you mentioned, the Tampa Bay game, too. There were some good things to see from Mitch Trubisky. And I think again, also everybody knew coming in. And I hate saying this, I don't you know mean this in a negative way because as a person, I like Mitch Trubisky a lot. He was wonderful yeah. to work with when we talked with him. But you knew that it wasn't he wasn't going to be the guy for this team for an extended period of time and it was gonna it was gonna be Kenny Pickett's room it was only gonna be a matter of time and I remember we kept talking it was like okay is it gonna be about the bye week when they switch things out you know all that but you knew that it wasn't gonna be the long-term answer Mitch Trubisky just wasn't gonna be that he was kind of gonna be a space of space holder for a little bit until they felt Kenny Pickett was ready or until they felt he was playing too well enough to not let him or to make sure he had to stay out on the field to not take him out um, and that's kind of what we saw
0: no, I agree. That is what that is kind of what we saw. I mean, I, it was I thought one thing that saw only a few fans caught when I videotaped uh, Mike Tomlin coming off the field. I think it was the Raiders game when he was coming off the field. And he was just so excited. And, you know, with the way that his team played, one of the things that that, that that came through was Mitch Trubisky just pumping his fist coming in. He didn't do a single thing in that game. But he was so happy for his team and for his 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 partner and, and the quarterback who took his job. And I think it shows a lot about his character. And that's I, that's why like when people bash Mr. Bisky, I'm just like, listen, I get I, I get that there that there were disappointing moments there. And I was one of the people that said, like, hey, I'm pointing out his mistakes, but that should never change how you talk about someone as a person. And I think that he handled that as well as anybody could.
1: And he absolutely did. I mean, obviously, of course, there's frustration. I vividly remember when we talked with him after the Jets game, he was incredibly frustrated as anybody would be when somebody else replaces you at your job. But like you mentioned, just the way that we saw him throughout the season and, you know, anytime he talked about Kenny, it was so glowing and you could see he had genuine excitement. This was his teammate. He said, you know, the relationships in that quarterback room are really special. They're really, you know, they're all really close. And I mean, take it, Maybe with a little bit of a grain of salt because we don't, we're not in the room, we don't entirely know, but it seemed incredibly genuine. You know, he seemed really excited for Kenny. And you know, when Kenny got concussed, it must have been the Ravens game, or maybe it was
0: the it Bucks game. Uh, so, the, the Bucks game was when he was initially put into concussion protocol, but we didn't know if he had a concussion. And then yes. the Ravens game, when he was definitely concussed.
1: Yeah. And when we talked with him at the end of the game, you know, it was like, did you say anything to Kenny? Did you say anything? He's so you know, I immediately checked in on him. I was like, Hey, are you okay? You know, how do you feel? Are you doing okay? As he was going into the locker room, you know, you could kind of just see, you know, there's no denying Mitch Trubisky's character as a person, you know, and he was such a great part of that locker room for those guys. I think that, you know, again, we don't know the entirety of it. We hear what we hear, but you could just see for him, he was just excited for his guys, excited for his teammates, whenever they would make big plays, whenever the team would win. Because at the end of the day, it was a team win.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about the guy that did take his job, though, in Kenny Pickett and the, the grades that I gave him on the season. I gave him a total of 14 stars and just three skulls on the year good enough for a final grade of a B similar. I think if you're comparing it to the ratio that that I've done before, I uh, Mason Cole got a very similar grade on his year uh, as far as, you know, having all 10 or 11 more stars and skulls in the season. Kenny Pickett, of course, having 11. So I gave Kenny Pickett a B on the season and it's like, Part of it is after each game, I'm evaluating players and I'm giving them this this star and skull rubric that's that's just trying to be different here and give us something here. But I'm also trying to give a, a you know insight onto just how they built they, they 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 built their way to that performance. You know, if they're a rookie, you know, I do give considerations to that. But I also you know say like you know if there's a if there's a play to be made there and you didn't make it, that does count against you. And there were times that Kenny Pickett didn't make plays, but in a lot of games when he did make key mistakes. You saw him also deliver with some key moments to keep games alive, and I mean, you go back throughout the season that he had this year with the Steelers, um, and you you look back, and there were very there were two games that they got blown out of, but every other game they were in or they won. They were they you know in in his starts, his losses were you know coming in to play against the Jets where they lost by four points. Uh, He did get blown up by the bills and the Eagles, but losing uh, by one possession to the dolphins uh, losing by one possession to the Bengals losing by one possession to the Ravens. He never let games, not never. He almost, he he, most of the time didn't let things get out of hand, even while he was a rookie quarterback with an offensive line, still finding, you know, how it was going to play better. And while the offense was looking for an identity and for some of those games, while the defense was missing their best player. And I put all that into calculations and I'm like, Man, like there's times where I'm like, yeah, he was a, he was a letdown here and there. But a lot of times when he would throw a pick, he'd find a way to get the, get it back by, you know, running for a first down, keeping drives alive, getting making plays for the for the, for, the other, for his teammates. That's where I think that he came in and he found ways to fight back. And I think it's that element, that leadership on the field that can really help him if he does hone his game and improve in year two.
1: Well, you and Mike Tomlin are one and the same in the fact that you're <laughs> not grading Kenny Pickett on a scale.
0: Ah.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. But no, no, no. In all honesty, too. I mean, you and I talk kind of, you know, constantly about this, but his poise, I think, is just something that speaks for itself. And the way that you don't see Kenny Pickett really make the same mistake twice. And I'm sure throughout the entirety, you can play every single play. And I'm sure there's going to be two interceptions he threw that might look a little bit similar. But in-game situations where, you know, when he did throw a pick and the type of situation it was, it was, you know, in, in coverage he shouldn't have looked or if he didn't see the guy coming down, something along those lines. Right. He didn't make that same mistake twice in that same game, which shows the quickness that he learns or just the recognition. Again, we think as a rookie too, there's a lot. Reading defenses is not an easy thing to do, even if you went to the best of the best of the best college and you played in the national championship and you played against the top defense, like all of these things. The NFL is just that next step. Everybody always says it's, you know, how quick of a game it is. And for quarterbacks, how much can they slow that quick pace down and make decisions? And as you saw the season go on, one of the things that we saw was the decision making Kenny Pickett made. And some of the risks that he took that were calculated that benefited the team. I feel like I go back and honestly, I'm not going to remember the game because they've all, you know, bleeded to get blurred and bled together a little bit at this point. But you look at sometimes when he would find, you know, Pat Firemuth over the middle to extend a drive, yep. which was, was crucial, or when he hit Connor Hayward, you know, the, or even the George Pickens touchdown, you know, mm-hmm. I and mean, what's that? Why am I spit the Raiders? Raiders, the Raiders. The, can you, it's been a long season. Oh my
0: God. It's all right.
1: It's all right. I'm like, no, no, no. The George Pickens touchdown in the Raiders game. Like these are all signs of Kenny Pickett taking those steps. And again, I don't want fans to get prematurely incredibly excited because year two is an incredibly crucial year for a quarterback. But I think there was a lot in terms of, okay, There's a lot of good things here. There's a lot of those moments where you see him taking those next steps. And I think he got a lot of Pittsburgh fans, too, that maybe were a little bit unsure about the pick and didn't know how they felt about it. I think he kind of brought a lot of people to say, "Okay, no, this, you know, we we like what we saw. He we're not, you know, proclaiming him as our guy quite yet. But there's a lot to like here, and there's a lot that he can continue to improve on that I think are kind of like he has the right foundation of where he needs to be. And there's a lot that you can continue to build on, but it's at a really good point right now, at least in my opinion.
0: I'm right with you. I think it is. In a in a good point, and I think that that's something that the Steelers see themselves again. That I think that that's part of what Art Rooney was saying with the direction of the team. He yeah. liked what he saw out of Kenny Pickett. He liked what he saw, you know, from from uh, from the offense in the growth that they had throughout throughout the season. I think that that's you know they still have lots of work to do. But as Kenny Pickett has said on Cam Hayward's podcast, he's like he's already working with Matt Canada right now. Like he's not you know he's not taking this offseason to just goof around. He was at the pit game the other night, uh, yeah. which was kind of which was kind of crazy. Uh him but Mason
1: Cole, how wholesome right,
0: right. Him and Mason Cole, Anthony Miller too, who was also oh, re-signed yeah. to the team. Uh so you know, but but like you're sure he's gonna take those moments, but he's also taking the opportunity to kind of be the guy Who's going to you know be the leader next year? And he wants to kind of set that tone. So I think it's gonna be very interesting to see how he builds forward on that next year. We're gonna talk about the playoff games coming up because we do got to get to our picks here in a minute, right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere. But before we do any of that, we have to talk to you guys about our sponsors at FanDuel. FanDuel, of course. We're really, we've been really excited to have them. They're our new sports betting partner on board at Locked On, and they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. New, new customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays and all that action on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Football fans, don't miss out. You can place your first $5 bet and get $150 on free bets, win or lose. That's right, your $5 bet, you don't have to even win it. Just put the put the, the bet down and you get $150 by just going to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast Chris Carter with Jenna Harner and we're going to keep the FanDuel banner up here because we're going to give you some FanDuel betting numbers because it's time to pick our picks and I have an announcement to make Jenna Harner has beaten me On the season because she went against her New York football giants. You sacrificed your boys to beat me. I just want to point that out there.
1: I knew, I did not have faith in them going into the game against the Eagles. I thought they would keep it close. They did not, in fact. But I had a little more faith in them to make it a competitive game, but I, I just felt like the Eagles were better. So, hey, they won a playoff game. They beat the Vikings, who I had said were not what their record showed coming into the season. I liked, it. I liked the fact that they did that. There's a lot of promise with that team, a lot of good excitement in the future, but not enough to beat the Eagles. So... Winner, 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 dubs.
0: So Jenna is now four games up on me in the season. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, This sucks. I hate it. She's celebrating over here on camera. This is ridiculous. I can't stand you, Jenna. I'm going to get you back next year. So we're one and one of our years of picking together. Uh, Last year, it literally went down to the Super Bowl. So that's it's crazy. So it's kind of cool. It still went down to the conference championship weekend. But let's talk about the conference championship matchups. FanDuel has the Niners-Eagles game set for uh 301 Eastern time Sunday in Philadelphia. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites. The money line is minus 148 for the Eagles and plus 126 for the Niners. The over-under is set at 46.5. Jenna, both of these teams like to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage. They've had... Quarterbacks that have played really well, Jalen Hurts, you know, still in the MVP conversation. In fact, as an MVP finalist. But Brock Purdy, an offensive rookie of the year finalist. Here, I see this matchup, and I like a lot of things by by both of these teams. But and betting wise, two two and a half points is a coin flip because really, you know, home teams get three points in the in the you know as added to their favorite, and so technically, FanDuel is is basically saying or Vegas is basically saying point and a half to the Niners. Again, that's a coin flip. I'm I'm going with the Eagles at home. I think the Niners traveling to the East Coast. I think that the Niners having to play an Eagles team with a rookie quarterback on the road and Brock Purdy's done a great job this year, but I think when push comes to shove and these two teams need their quarterbacks to make plays, I trust Jalen Hurts over Purdy in this game.
1: I completely agree with you in that logic right there because I love what the Niners have done. I've been so – watching them play offense is probably one of my favorite things on the planet just because of the creativity that Kyle Shanahan has, the you know obvious of Christian McCaffrey and the way he runs the ball, George Kittle catching balls that bounce off his head and then ricochet mm-hmm. back. I don't even know how he made that play. I just think you look at the Eagles to me, and they have been such a complete team all season long. There have been two, maybe two games. We've seen them not at their best this season. Like I feel like every single week they just come out and they dominate, especially in the trenches. And to me, I know that the Niners have a stellar defense, but when you look at the offensive and defensive lines that the Eagles have, there's a reason that over the last handful of years, they've been one of the top spenders when it comes to both of their lines, because they know how crucial that is. And I think that that's exactly what is going to win them this game. I think it's going to be close. I think this is going to be an absolute heck of a matchup. How lucky are we that both games that we get are just like arguably the best of the best teams in my opinion, but Man, this one's going to be fun. I just think to me, the Eagles are going to make bigger plays. And I think Jalen Hurts has a little bit more of the experience, but I would not be surprised if Brock Purdy makes some really impressive big plays that we've seen him make all season long. And Chris, super quick, fun fact. Do you know that these guys played in college? Have you, did you see this stat? It was like an absolute, absolute shootout. And Hmm. I think both of both quarterbacks had had i think hurt ugh, I'm gonna mess it up but one of, like they each had they combined for like 14 touchdowns apiece and wow. Iowa State lost because they went for two and it was a 42 41 game they went for two to win it at the end
0: wow that's great that's crazy I didn't know that they had met in college that's actually pretty awesome um man that's gonna be crazy but so i think I think though we're both on the same page here. Yeah. eagles have an edge both teams are are aggressive in the trench in the trenches i think it's going to be very interesting to watch as you said there let's go to the other game which is also a coin flip when you look at the fan do odds bengals at chiefs 631 eastern time um uh, sunday the chiefs are one point favorites literally a coin flip there's no there's no betting advantage of picking one versus the other in fact it's minus 108 uh, it's uh you know it's Each each bet is gonna is in the minus because of that situation, but the money line is minus one twenty. Chiefs plus one hundred two. Bengals, that's crazy. One hundred two for the for for the uh, for the underdog in this situation. But here's my thing. In looking at this i'm not so sure the Bengals should be the underdogs uh they, they like you like like you like you said like i said they haven't lost since halloween they've been red hot they've been playing very well uh the the ravens game i had pause i was like y'all couldn't knock out the ravens with a backup quarterback In that situation, and the Ravens haven't been a great team this year, that was a team that the Steelers beat and took to the mat in their other matchup with Mitch Trubisky. I was like, hmm, I don't know. And then they destroyed the Bills. But as we know, styles make fights. I think the biggest problem with the style in this fight is that the Chiefs' engine is behind Patrick Mahomes, and he's been sounding good. He's been saying the right things. But I'm sorry, a high ankle sprain the week before the big game I think the Bengals have enough on defense to kind of hold the Chiefs in check. I don't think that the, the Chiefs have it have the same in reverse. And I think that if Patrick Mahomes was 100 percent, this could be a complete slugfest that goes for, you know, 50 points on each side. But if Patrick Mahomes is limited in any way, I give the edge to the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals, uh, you know, the, the whole way here.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And everybody at the beginning of the season is like, okay, who's your Super Bowl pick? And I was saying, you know, "Ah, I think the Bengals get back there and everyone's looking at me like, what are you talking about? It's the Chiefs. (laughs) I'm like, just wait, just wait. The confidence, and I know that, you know, there's intangibles. I know that obviously the matchups on the field, the schematics, all of that, you know, whatever. But to me, and I'm not saying that Mahomes doesn't have this, but the confidence that Joe Burrow and this Bengals team has, they felt incredibly slighted. They felt disrespected. They feel they have a chip on their shoulder because everyone's looking at them as an underdog, which I'm like, really? Are people actually? But you heard all of their comments. You heard what they were saying about, you know, with having, you know, everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be a Bills Chiefs neutral site AFC championship, which thank God we didn't have that. But that was what everybody was thinking was going to happen. And the Bengals use that as motivation. And whenever you can find those little things, especially towards the end of the year, when everybody's beat up. Up, everybody's hurt all the time. That is going to be a huge factor. I think that is going to be a big part. Their mentality coming into this game. They're angry. They feel slighted. And Patrick Mahomes, again, we don't know the extent of his health coming into this one, but He, I don't believe is going to be 100% and having the mobility that he has because he's able to create in so many different ways. We see he runs and throws the crazy sidearm passes. He makes nothing or something out of what seems like absolutely nothing on a constant basis. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that, if there are any limitations that he has. And to me, also the the Chiefs defense – is a little down from what it's been recently. And I think that when you have the Bengals offense that's firing on all cylinders, the way that they're firing, I like what they're doing. I just think this is going to be a tight one, but I really do think the Bengals have the edge here and they're honestly my pick at this point to make it all the way. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going, I think we have the same picks. It's going to be a Bengals Eagles Super Bowl, which that would be a heck of a matchup.
0: That would be very interesting to see. And also interesting too, the Bengals have beaten the chiefs three straight times yeah. all coming in December and January. Yep. And that's gotta be a, uh, that's gotta be annoying for the chiefs who, you know, for the longest time, they were looking like they're top dogs. They're going to be running the conference. No one's going to the only team that's going to be able to bang one with the bills, but here come the the Bengals who have beaten them three times in a row. And historically seven out of the last eight times, but a lot a lot of those came in the mid two thousand, mid 2010s uh, yeah. but you know but joe burrow has never lost to patrick mahomes and he's played him three times that's crazy and i think that you know that's that gonna be something that the chiefs weigh in i wouldn't be surprised if the chiefs found a way to pull this out because andy reid patrick mahomes they're crazy. They do a lot of great stuff. And I'm sure they're studying what the Bengals have been doing on defense that has been really impressive in the playoffs. And they're going to have matchups that they want Mahomes to exploit. But can he? Will be the question. We'll find out Sunday. Both Jen and I have Eagles, Bengals to win the to win the games. We'll see if we're right over the weekend. We hope that you all enjoy Conference Championship weekend. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. And Jenna, we hope that you enjoyed being on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Let people know can find you, follow you, and get more of your work or anything else that you're working on.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. As always, you can find me on Twitter at JennaHarner11, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner. Um, Working on some really cool things here at Channel 11. Nothing too crazy quite yet. Um, I know you told... Uh, the story of Desmond Alexander and all the incredible work he did um, to help kids in Haiti. I'm, you know, chatted with him a couple or a week ago and I'm chatting with the foundation he teamed up with here in Pittsburgh, just about what it meant, you know, for him to be able to give back the way he gave back. He's up for, I'm going to mess it up because he's literally won and been nominated for so many awards, but he is up for, I believe it is the Jason Witten award yes, it is the Jason
0: witten award yes
1: and that is uh, about a month away so i'm ideally trying to time this story leading into that to see if he wins this award um it's he's one of three finalists out of all college football players so just for all the work he did on on and off the field and he's just an absolutely special person to talk to so really exciting to tell that and then just you know doing all the coverage here at channel 11 wpsi
0: Absolutely do. Check out all the great work they do at Channel 11 WPXI. I'll be there on the final word, giving my thoughts post-conference post, post conference championship weekend about those games. We'll be doing that then. Jenna, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, dear audience, for joining us here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where I'm breaking everything down on Pit Athletics. They had a big win, Pitt basketball did, over Wake Forest on Wednesday. They got a big game coming up on Saturday against Miami at the Pete, it's gonna be a huge one for the for the panthers if they can pull it out you'll we'll see there but if you want to check out all things Steelers, come right back here monday morning we'll have an episode for you ready to go after conference championship weekend have a great weekend y'all we'll see you next week